0: This episode is brought to you by Greg Morris Cards. If you're looking to unload your collection and maybe turn some of that old cardboard into cash, Greg Morris can help. Greg's always buying collections of vintage basketball, baseball, football, or hockey cards. If you have modern or ultra modern graded cards, he'll buy those as well. On top of all that, Greg takes cards on consignment. Go to gregmorriscards.com to sell them your cards, or you can email Joe at directly. what's up everyone this is episode 148 of the wax museum podcast where I talk about all things basketball cards from past to present to future this is your host Kyle and as always you guys can find me throughout the week on social media my instagram is at wax museum podcast and my Twitter is at wax well speaking of social media some of you might have seen a couple of stories I posted this past weekend. And that's where I want to start things off today. I want to take a few minutes to run through those for you real quick and expound on a few things in the process. So um, the main one that I want to talk about here, really the only one, is my post that said, let's take a moment to be objective here. I keep hearing people talking about influencers charging for advice. Who's actually still charging for advice? I would say most of the ones that used to charge now give their info for free. A lot of it just isn't good. But that's another issue. And that was the end of that post. I think it was a series of two posts, but I wanna bring some attention to this because I'm still seeing people claim that certain influencers are offering paid investment advice. And mind you, I think a lot of the people that are making these claims mean well. I think they're trying to look out for people in the hobby, but I just don't think the paying for pick scheme is a real thing anymore, at least not from anyone that has a sizable following. Uh, Nonetheless, I wanted to check because I'm only one set of eyes, so that's why I asked the question, and out of all the people that replied to my story, no one was able to give me a definitive answer. There was someone that said, well, you know, Vegas Dave is, and in response, I asked something to the effect of, you know, are you sure that he's actually doing this with sports cards? And they clarified, well, no, he's not, but he is selling um, sports betting picks, which That's an entirely different world that I'm not involved in at all. So that's not one that I was talking about. Um, So to answer my own question, I don't think any of the big quote-unquote influencers are actually selling picks now. Was this a thing at one point? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, In fact, I think it was in May of 2020, somewhere around that time frame, in May of 2020, I did an episode that outlined the dangerous effects of a prominent influencer that built a large portion of his platform on a tiered membership program. And as some of you might remember, that program was predatory in nature. People paid for the early info, and then made quick flips to the people that bought in at lower pay scales or no pay scales, um, and people that received those same picks sometime later. You know, I thought that was incredibly irresponsible, and I presented it as such in that episode. I mean, having a data tool is one thing, but... Uh, Building an ecosystem where a certain sector of your followers can prey on the rest of your followers, uh, that seems pretty toxic to me. If you want to build something that's lasting, you want all of those followers to coexist to some extent. Anyway, uh, I don't want to get too far into that again. That program has since stopped, as it should have, um, although it shouldn't have existed from the start. My point is this, um, some of the people being accused of these things of of, um, you know, paying of, of charging for investment advice, you know, are they still charlatans? Yeah, probably. But when you accuse them of wrongs that are not being committed, it's hard to hold them accountable for some of the questionable things that they might actually be doing. So, you know, it's okay to be critical, but just make sure that your facts line up. There's enough wrongdoing in the hobby as is. We don't need to waste time attacking problems that don't exist. Okay, enough about straw men. I'd rather talk about uh, Logo Man. And coincidentally, I can do that in today's mail segment, where I really only have two cards that I want to talk about this week, both of which were eBay wins. And the first one is a dual patch of Chris Mullen and John Havlicek from 2019-2020 Immaculate. I saw this card pretty soon after it was listed, and I sent in an offer that was close to the last one that ended. The seller accepted. The process was fairly painless. And you guys, you know, you've all used eBay before. You know that's not always the case. So I've been looking for a nice Havlicek patch. There aren't many out there, and you know, really, this one's not that great either. It's trim, but um, they're hard to find in general. So I figured, you know what, grab it when you see it. I can always upgrade later if I find a better one. Either way, it's just a really classy-looking card. It has good use of foil. It has an acetate surface. Um, There aren't many copies made, and it features two greats of the game. So, of course, after I bought it, I had to watch, like, I don't know. know, I was off this week. So, like, 30 minutes worth of commentary and reactions to the famous Havlicek stole the ball moment. Um, One thing that was kind of interesting that they pointed out that only happened because of a, a goof earlier where Bill Russell tried to inbound the ball and hit the guide wire that was um, kind of balancing the, the basketball goal. So that's something that you know a lot of people maybe forget about or, or aren't aware about. Um, I know I had forgotten that, so it was kind of cool to hear that again. Anyway, I went down all sorts of rabbit holes when I was preparing for this show, uh, most of them unproductive, but fun nonetheless. So that was card number one. The second card I picked up is another duel. The players aren't quite the same caliber, but they're guys that I like. It's a 2009-2010 upper deck SP game used dual tag card of Danny Granger and Jamal Tinsley. Uh, you know, I know some people hate laundry tags. I'm the complete opposite of that. I absolutely love them. I think they're a lot more unique than some of the other patch pieces we get in cards, and this one is no exception. Because the Danny Granger has the entire upper half of the Logo Man tag. Now remember, not the Logo Man patch. It's a Logo Man portion of the laundry tag. So I don't call that a Logo Man card, technically. Um, Maybe I kind of alluded to that earlier. But technically, no, I don't call that a Logo Man card. It's still a a piece of the Logo Man tag. You know, we're we're splitting hairs here. But um, the Tinsley tag then has a good portion of the Reebok logo on it and i know that adidas took over in like 2006 so that kind of confirms what we already knew that upper deck was liquidating a lot of older jersey pieces before they lost their license and there's tons of examples that prove that so you know it wasn't anything that was you know revelatory but uh, kind of cool to see that nonetheless i'm really interested to see if panini does something similar and i suppose only time will tell anyway if you want to see those cards you can check out my social media if they're not there already, they will be soon. Alright, before I move into today's main segment, I want to take a moment to remind you how you can support this show. As you guys know, there are costs that go into producing a podcast. One of my goals is to always keep this show itself free. As a result, I've signed up for affiliate programs with eBay and Fanatics. If you'd like to help support the show in this way, go to www.waxmuseumpodcast.com Click whatever store you need to go to, shop as planned, and the show gets a small commission in the process. Once again, that's www.waxmuseumpodcast.com. This is Slick Leonard. You're listening to the Wax Museum Podcast. Boom, baby! Okay, um, seeing as we're heading into the new year, I feel like this is a good time to take a step back and figure out my goals for 2022. And it wasn't until the most recent listener mailbag that I realized I never actually sat down and wrote any goals up for 2021. I think the last two years and the whole pandemic era here has just kind of blended together for me. Um, I know there are a lot of people out there that kind of poke fun of people who like to set goals at the start of the year be it, you know, hobby related, weight related, you know, whatever it is, personal, professional, whatever it is, you know, there are some people that say, well, really January 1st is just an arbitrary number and, and, and they don't get setting goals. You know what, that, that might be you, that's fine. But uh, my advice would be just don't get in the way of other people that want to try and use that as a starting point, you know, let them do what they want to. And then, you know, if they don't reach those goals, you don't need to heckle them either. Maybe they'll start over the next January Maybe they'll make a little bit of progress every year. It is what it is. But I do, however, think starting some of your goals and and stating them in the open, more importantly, is good for several reasons. Number one, it it allows your close friends to help keep you accountable. Um, You know, and and I say close friends because if you're not a close friend and you're trying to keep someone accountable, that's just kind of awkward. But if you're a close friend, then you kind of have a right to do that. Obviously, you just feel your friendship out And then number two, a point which is often overlooked, is there are probably some people out there that can help you reach your goals. You shouldn't have to do everything in a vacuum. Uh, I know there are some goals that I have, especially when it comes to content creation, that are going to depend on some help from other people, and that's okay. You know, you can still state those in the open and kind of initiate those, and it might even help other people out in the process. So I'm going to publicly talk about some of my hobby-related goals today. And, um, instead of having a big list, you know, I've, I've got a number of different areas that I want to talk about and kind of explain into detail. I'm going to try and group them into three main categories, which would be hobby experiences, buying and selling cards and content creation. There's definitely going to be some overlap, but I've grouped them as best as I can. Okay. So hobby experiences, um, something this show has helped me to do is to reach out to other people. Um, To be open and candid with them about their hobby experiences. And then a lot of times I feel more at ease in trying some of those things on my own. I can't be very specific on this first goal because I don't know exactly what the end product will look like. But I want to find new ways to stretch myself and immerse myself in the hobby. I guess the goal itself then should be uh, to be more open to new or different hobby experiences. And this is something I've tried to do a little bit of every year for example, I was never real big on grading. And as you guys know, because I've documented it along the way, which is what I'll try and do with any of these experiences, but I um, I finally submitted an SGC order of my own. And then I had a friend send some cards into PSA at the end of 2020. Um, the PSA return was especially enjoyable. You know, I, I don't think I can replicate that in 2022 because the price points won't be the same, but I'm a lot more receptive to grading than I used to be. And, you know, I've got a stack of 57 tops basketball. That might actually make sense, even though they are PC, um, to send into SGC this year's Maybe not PSA, but SGC. Um, So I'm probably going to do that. And, you know, I wouldn't have come to this realization were it not for the experience. So uh, that's what I'm looking for here. I want to have more hobby experiences, Um, you know, and, and that got me to thinking, well, what does that look like? I, you know, I don't know, you know, I know this falls more under buying and selling, but maybe I'll hop on the WhatNot app um, to see what I'm missing out on, you know, other than my shirt, but who knows? Uh, And that's where some of you might come in. Maybe you have some things you think I should try that would benefit my collecting experience or give me some much needed perspective. Um, Hopefully I talked to some people this year and some collectors on the show that Um, are doing some things that I think will work for me. I know last year I talked to, um, this past year, I talked to Nick who did the typeset binder. Um, I still haven't made mine yet. I haven't ruled it out. It's just one of those things I got way on the back burner, but you know what? I want to do one of those as well. I think that would be a lot of fun. So, um, there are all sorts of things out there that I could probably try and that I'm just not aware of. So I'm all ears reach out to me if something comes to mind. Um, some of the other experiences I've already been thinking about though revolve around buying and selling. So I'm going to go ahead and move into that portion. Now you guys know that I've done a lot of online lot hunting and this even led to a deal in a Starbucks parking lot last year. So I was looking at stuff on offer up, um, saw the guy was local, said, Hey, do you have any more cards that ended up being, you know, that was entirely new. I'd done Craigslist stuff like years and years ago. I mean, probably, I don't know, ten or fifteen years ago, um, I thought I was kind of done with that phase. But you know what? There are a lot of cards out there that need to be unearthed. So that was a good experience for me. We made a good deal. Um, it was a lot of fun going through that collection, and that's something. You know what? Maybe I can I can branch out and do something like that this year. Um, but that you know that was online and turned into something in person. I also want to continue with the online lot hunts. And I have a, a bit of an unofficial list of things I'd like to find at some point. It's kind of like my big card-finding scavenger hunt. You know, yes, some of these lots are profitable, but at the same time, some of them are just fun. Some of them I lose money on. That's okay. You know, I, I attach a, an experience cost to all that. But um, I have found some tough-numbered 90s cards, like a StarQuest Gold. Uh, you'll remember I found that Barry Sanders Playmakers Theater. I found a, a Penny Hardaway Showcase Legacy. Um, but I haven't found a PMG and I'm, I'm not going to determine that I have to find a PMG specifically, but I'd sure love to find another real tough nineties card in a lot sometime this year. So, um, I just want to check something tough off on that, uh, unofficial scavenger hunt that I'm doing. And then in addition to hunting lots, there is the, you know, going back to the in-person element. I definitely want to keep going to card shows But I want to take that experience to the next level too. I'd like to attend several shows that I've never been to before. So these could be shows that don't exist yet. I know I saw there's some type of a, I think it's a convention coming to Orlando. Um, It mentions something like Vanilla Ice and, and the Ninja Turtles performing on the same stage. Um, which makes me wonder, have we jumped the shark? Maybe we have, I don't know. You'll probably see me standing there in the crowd, you know, hashtag thank you sports cards, because where else would you have had that kind of a moment at? So anyway, could be shows that don't exist yet. You might see me there, or it might be ones that I haven't been able to make it to. Um, who knows? So that's that's the buying side, though. But then when it comes to setting up at a show, I you know, I'm not big enough to do any sort of national or regional level shows, like the big ones that I talked about with Zach, at least not on my own. Uh, It's just not profitable for me to go through all of those expenses. But um, you know, thinking about the Florida scene here, the show scene's kind of changing. So I can't set up as easily in some of the spaces that I used to be able to. So I've decided it's time to branch out. And as I was working on this episode, I decided, you know what, I want to set up at a show that I've never set up at before. Um, That was a goal I set for this year. Maybe I need to make it more than one because guess what? I've already texted with a local promoter and signed up for an upcoming January show that I've never done before. So I'm excited about that. It's more of a digger show. It's a really, you know, a smaller scale show, which is how I started. And um, that's going to help me to motivate you know, help motivate me to uh, build some of these dime boxes and quarter boxes that I neglected when everything went nuts because I, you know, I just haven't been bringing those to shows in 2020 and 2021 because it took up too much space. Um, You know, your table space came at a premium and uh, when people were buying, you know, base cards and inserts at all time high, I, I didn't need to sell all the dime cards. Well, now I'd like to bring that box back and consolidate that a little bit and try and transform it into a nice PC card. So that could be a little goal. You know, I'd like to give myself a challenge at this show. Maybe I'll I'll bag up lots of like 20 or 30 base cards for a dollar and try and sell like 50 of those bags and then buy a $50 card with it. I want to do something fun with it. I think that could be a fun experience um, to stretch myself a little bit and maybe entertain you guys a little bit in the process as well. I'm okay with that. Um... Speaking of acquiring PC cards, you know I'm going to be doing that. I mean, I I do mail segments on almost every episode here, so let me shift this a little toward acquiring cards for my own collection. Of course, I have some goals when it comes to that. I think it should go without saying, but I want to keep adding pieces that fit into my hobby pyramid. Shout out to Alex, aka Connell Collection. First brought that idea to my attention. He was the one that Um, at least as far as I've seen has a, is the originator of that idea. But, um, my pyramid consists mainly of rare Pacers patches, NBA finals, relics, hall of fame, relics, and historical relics, and then historical like hall of fame rookie cards as well. So anytime I can find anything that fits into more than one of those categories, that's a win for me. And I hope to be able to add more of that kind of stuff in the months to come I will name one Pacers patch or one type of patch in more detail, though. Um, 100%, I want to add another 2005-2006 Topps Big Game patch, one of the jumbo patches. It could be Selective Swatch. It could be um, In the Name, either one of those two sets. I want to add one of those to my collection. Um, and it can be any one of the Pacers in the set. It could be Reggie Miller. It should be Preferred, on our test, obviously, as well. Jermaine O'Neal, Fred Jones, David Harrison. um, Those are the guys that were in that set. Any of those, those things rarely ever surface and they're super nostalgic for me. So um, I actually, as I was writing this part, I told you, I went down all these rabbit holes as I was writing this part. I started kind of putting feelers out to some of the guys that I think might still have those cards or have access to those cards just to say, Hey, another year has passed. You know, are you interested in in moving those? And I I guess that's, you know, I didn't think about it earlier, but that's another good thing about goals is they kind of remind you to reach out to some of these people again. Um, And everyone's life situations change. So people are a little more willing to get rid of cards at different points. You know, you never know what their situation is until you ask, Um, which might be, you know, who knows how I get this other card that I want to mention here, which would be a Bill Russell Rookie. I talked about this some heading up to the National. I thought I might go into that show having the means and the opportunity to work my way into a beat up copy there. It was pretty apparent, you know, soon after I got there that that was not going to be the case and I had to retool, which worked out because I found a lot of stuff at the National that I liked anyway and I wouldn't have been able to get all of it. So I'm fine with that. It might be the same way this year as well. So this is a goal. Like, I don't have to. I don't absolutely have to get a Bill Russell rookie this year. It's definitely something that's going to be on my mind, though. Um, You know, I at least want to keep it on my mind just in case I'm able to make some sort of a play for one uh, without overpaying. I don't want to get desperate. I don't want to consolidate a bunch of stuff that I really enjoy for something that I could buy later down the road. Um, But, you know, I want it. I want that thought to be there. And, uh, you know, there is a thought in the back of my mind that I might come across one of these in a lot or a collection. And I know that sounds unrealistic to some people and and I'm not counting on it, but like I said earlier, I've uncovered a couple pretty crazy cards over the last couple years. Um, in fact, I haven't recorded it yet, but I've done an outline for a top five lot finds episode. I might have to release that one in 2022 if people are interested in that sort of thing. Um, and that, that's a great segue though, for the last portion of this show, which deals with content creation. And I asked you guys on Instagram about a week ago, what you would be interested in hearing in 2022. I was encouraged by the fact that a lot of the things you were asking for are things that I've been thinking about as well. So that means we're on the same, uh, kind of brainwaves here. I like that. Um, some of you mentioned more guests and hobby insiders. I want the same thing. So I'm working on that. Um, I don't have, you know, an amazing network of contacts. So uh, I'm trying. I know, you know, for example, in the past, I've tried to even find a basketball brand manager for tops from the mid 2000s. Remember the episode I did about uh, 2005, 2006 tops? You know, I would love to take a lot of the things I talked about in that episode and then pick their brain. Okay. Why did you pick celebrities? Why did you do this? Why did you move into jumbo patches? Why'd you do poker chips? Um, it would, you know, I have my assumptions for why those things happen, but I would love to talk about somebody that made those choices. So, um, maybe if you're listening right now and you know, or you have a lead on who that tops brand manager was and how I could get a hold of them, that connection would really help me out. So that, you know, that's another reason why I like to state my goals out loud. Um, additionally, continuing to talk about the show here. I'm going to keep the show free. There's no sense in charging for it. Um, if you do want to help out, obviously, I, you know, I've, I've talked about it plenty. You can shop through my eBay affiliate links, and it costs you absolutely nothing. Um, I've also just renewed my agreement with Greg Morris Cards. You've been hearing about them at the start of every show for a little over 16 weeks now. I appreciate any of you that have given them your business as a result of the show. Um, you know, I, I, went with them because I believe in what they're doing. I, I think they are a, um, up company. So in addition to them though, I'd like to find one more sponsor. I'm kind of picky with that kind of stuff, but I figure there is somebody out there who I would be okay aligning myself with for a little bit here. Um, that would also help me to keep continuing to bring this show to you. And then finally, I'm talking about content creation here. Something else that's been on my mind You know, I view this as a collector-oriented show, so I want to look out for collectors. I don't know what my reach actually looks like. I figure in the grand scheme of things, it's pretty small. I'm fine with that. Regardless of of however far my reach goes, I want to use it to help other collectors. And I would love to be able to help someone track down a nice, hard-to-find PC card for their collection. And now it might be the result of of having someone on the show. You know, you guys, a lot of you reach out to me. Hey, who's the Jay Crowder guy? I got something that he might want, Um, which keep doing that, by the way. We're still looking for rare cards of Jay Crowder, but um, it might be through more proactive means though, as well. I know I've been toying with the idea of having a different collector record a 15 to 30 second ad read every week. Now, I'm calling it an ad read just because that's how it's slotted. No one's going to actually pay for that. You know, it's just going to function like a collector advertisement or collector classifieds maybe would be a better way to say it. And in this read, a collector could introduce themselves and give a quick description of what they're looking for. In fact, it would sound something like this. Hey, my name's Nick. I go by nicks underscore basketball PC on Instagram. And I'm currently chasing the 1997-98 Z-Force Rave out of 399 parallel set. I'm missing about 40 cards left, including players like Eric Williams, Tim Thomas, uh, Vinny Del Negro, and Kelvin Cato. All right, well, there you have it. If I had to sum all that up, um, it would go as follows. You know, I think everyone should have hobby goals. I think they should make them public if at all possible, And I would really, I kind of summarize what I talked about today into five things here. Number one, I'd like to find new ways to immerse myself in the hobby. Number two, I'd like to stay active at card shows, both old and new. Number three, I want to pick up cards that belong on my pyramid. Number four, I want to introduce more collectors to the community uh, via this show. And then number five, I want to help other collectors grow their collections. So I just listed those five things here. I don't expect you to remember them, but if you want to see them again, I'm going to post them up on my social media. And if you're receptive to a little bit of homework this week, which, yeah, you know, I'm a teacher, right? Every time the word homework comes up, there's moaning and groaning. But if you're receptive to it, it's optional. I'd love for you to do the same. Write out, and it doesn't even have to be five, write out three quick hobby goals for 2022 if you want, you know, we can even make a hashtag out of it. Let's keep it simple. Hashtag 2022 Hobby Goals. So once again, that's hashtag 2022 Hobby Goals. Um, I can't wait to see some of those. And if you do post your goals, make sure you tag me so I can see them. I'm not always as, as tech savvy as I'd like to be, but you can find me on Instagram under at wax museum podcast or Twitter under the handle at wax museum PC. If you enjoyed this show today, I encourage you to support the show by doing all of your eBay purchasing through the link on my site, which is www.waxmuseumpodcast.com. There's a big eBay logo at the top. Click that and it should give me a small percentage of whatever you purchase in the 24 hours that follow. Once again, that's www.waxmuseumpodcast.com.